Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there. Welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with the Levi Solicitors, who will offer you a 10% discount on your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Three of us here to discuss a historic meeting between two sides who have recently met in the Premier League. That's the one. I mean, very, a meeting that was in very different circumstances. Name the two clubs, please, Michael. Brighton and Hove Albion and Leeds United. That's three clubs. Hey. Hey, there we there go. go. Uh, so we are going back to 2009, January 2009, no less, for the TSB Guide to Brighton Nil Leeds 2. Exciting stuff, as always with these things. Let me ask you, can I ask the question? Go on. Where were Leeds United? Oh, we were knackered, would you believe? <laughs> Absolutely on our ass. <laughs> on the bones of our ass? Um, pretty much. Is this Was this a low point? This, I mean, not this game, but this season. Th- there were many, weren't there? There were a lot of, I mean, arguably minus 15 the year before may have been been worse. But So this is the second year of League One, is it? Yes. So this is six or seven weeks after we've lost to Histon. Gary McAllister has been sacked following a 3-1 defeat at MK Dons. Simon Grayson is now in charge. Wee, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're, we're at the moment, at this point, we're kind of floundering around, still trying to get out of League One. So Grayson was put in charge for the, the Boxing Day game, and then he's had another couple since then. Uh, we beat Stockport, we've lost to Carlisle. This is when Carlisle were good as well, which is a weird a weird thing that you have to factor in when talking about Leeds in League One, that like they had a good team. They were, they were better than us, basically, weren't they, for a bit? For, for a bit, yeah. I mean, when do we play them in the Premier League this season? Is it presumably coming up, I guess. That rivalry's continuing. So young, as well. so naive, Rob. They're not in the Premier League. Oh, really? Does that come as a surprise? Well, they were so good in League One. Oh, mm, they were. Yeah, Michael Bridges scored against us. In fact, in that um, the Carlisle defeat, just to add some another weird layer of um, that's confusing because he was dead good for us. Yeah, and then he was doing pretty well for Carlisle, but in a terrible league with shattered knees. But anyway, he was still he was still good enough to score against us, mainly because we had people like. Mansur Asumani playing for us at this point, which was uh, that was Gary McAllister's final day. Was uh, was putting Asumani in at centre back, having just signed him on trial. It didn't go well. I think MK Don scored twice from corners within about the first twenty minutes of that game, and it was it was fairly clear he, he needed to go. So that's where we were. Yep. So we weren't in a great place. Uh, Brighton, in a very literal sense, weren't in a great place either. Whether they were in like a, a little ramshackle athletic stadium. Yeah, there's a fair tale. Before American Express got their filthy claws into them. <laughs> yeah, the, the tale of Brighton's ownership is actually worse than ours at this point because they were um, in the 
90s they were in they were in some debt and they were bought out by some people called Bill Archer and Greg Stanley who were focused DIY people there. so they'd made the money in that we actually saved Brighton from extinction at one point didn't we by buying yes. Mark Beanie from them as a goal, as our, our second goalkeeper yeah so that we we'd done our best to help them out um but around that same time then so they owed about 800 grand these new owners came in and borrowed money against the ground to pay off those debts, essentially. The famous Goldstone Ground. The Goldstone Ground, which they'd been out for 95 years at that point. At the same time as this is going on, they're very, very nearly going out of the Football League. They were completely miraculously saved on the final day of the season. I think at one point, there were 13 points adrift, I was reading, and they managed to, eventually, on the last day, they beat Hereford, and Hereford went down in their place. But at the same time as they're just about staying up, they are in their final season at the Goldstone Ground. Their owners, who have agreed to sell it, have no plan for where they're going to play their games next season. Strikes me as a problem for a football club, that. It was, indeed. And so they ended up starting the next season and indeed the season after playing games at Gillingham, which I don't know if you know geography-wise, but it's not very near Brighton. That is not close, is it? No, No, it's 70 miles away. So it's the equivalent to Leeds playing our games in Nottingham. Bloody hell. Which is not ideal. So they did eventually manage to get rid of Bill Archer and were taken over by someone called Dick Knight which is a great name good solid who, um, name yeah. who had done the Wonderbra adverts right did he star in them um, no I think he came up with the idea right I guess the ones that said hello boys do you remember they were quite okay they were quite famous at the time so they were even with him in charge in his local consortium they were still stuck in Gillingham they even, it was that bad they even tried to move to Millwall at one point right I was reading because it was only like nothing's that bad is it <laughs> it was only 40 miles from Brighton or something so that's how they ended up Eventually back in Brighton. So this is good. These are good times for Brighton based yeah. on what the years that have gone before. But they, they end up back in Brighton um, in 1999, but their old ground has gone because mm. it's been turned into a retail park, I think, by this stage. But they're in this dodgy little athletic stadium, which we're now, we're now playing them in. Uh, they had done all right, actually. After, once they got rid of the, the bad owners, Mickey Adams, Peter Taylor had both done well for them at points and they've kind of been up as high as the championship and they've been, then they've come back to League One. It was Mickey Adams actually back at the club at this point where we're playing them so they were kind of stabilising and they'd had people in charge who were not I was going to say the word crooks but they <laughs> let's not call them that who were not but um, well, I think it's fine to say that the people in charge focused are not on, crooks yeah. who were not focused on lining their own pockets as opposed to you know helping the team so capacity on this stadium I'm just looking at the pictures of it now um, just under 7,000 is that correct? yeah I mean it's, it's not a football stadium I mean to be fair because the photo you've put on the prep sheet here it's nice and sunny. It sort of looks like where Leeds would play in pre-season, like mm. in Germany or something. Think, oh, this is a nice setting for a game of football. But then, we were in the bleak midwinter. Aren't yeah, we? yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. When it's England and it's January and it's awful. Yeah, I mean, there's there was one covered stand in the whole place. The rest of it was made up of. I mean, I don't know what the original capacity of it was, but I'm guessing like a thousand maybe or something because it's one small stand on the side, running track. You've still got like the long jump pit and everything. It's a, it was an active athletic yeah. stadium. So they've, they've put these Football, temporary footballers stands. Footballers having to duck javelins flying past their heads all the time. <laughs> so they've put, you can see on this picture, it's, they've actually still got like the, um, the cage up for the hammer throwing. I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was there permanently, but if you're trying to look around that, but it was, it's, they're sort of temporary stands you get like, if you did golf or something on telly when yeah, they yeah. just kind of chuck some stuff up. Or at Gillingham, for example. Or at Gillingham. Yeah. So they've, I mean, God, you've got to feel sorry for them actually. They, they'd had, they booted out of one ground, forced to play 70 miles away. Although it's the away end at Gillingham that's made out of scaffolding in fairness. Yeah. So. But they, yeah, it does look nice. Now you've, you've sold it to me actually, Rob. It looks lovely, all the trees in the background and stuff. 
yeah, it's uh, it's nice. But yeah, the view. I found a, a picture of um, from one end from Getty Images. You can't see a thing. No, <laughs> it's um, you're an absolute mile away from from everything. It's just. Uh, I mean, it's just like the Olympic Stadium in Berlin in many ways, minus the roof, the capacity, the history. You know. Yeah, similar. Similar. I don't oh. think um, Hitler ever did any speeches at the With Dean. No, which was probably for the best. But it was actually only. I, I was, been trying to find out exactly when they were in and out of grounds. It was only voted the fourth worst ground in Britain at the right. time, with Gillingham, which were, where they'd been stuck for two years before, was the worst. Ah, so, right. So uh, moving up. Yeah, just about. And Kenilworth Road and Millmore, which is another one that's actually shut down, hasn't it? So Kenilworth Road, Luton, Millmore, Rotherham, which, which had a scrapyard next to it and backed onto like the away end, didn't it? There was mm-hmm. a, you could see like the cranes and all the piled up cars and stuff. I quite like Millmore. I thought it was yeah. all right. They had character, didn't it? They had character. <laughs> To the game. Gillingham, was, Gillingham I did um, enjoy the description of it being it making Middlesbrough look like Monte Carlo was one of the uh, wow. one of the things there. But yes, on, on to the game. To the game. Leeds United lining up with Kasper Anker grinning goal, who played for Brighton, didn't he, for um, mm. for a little while. Fraser Richardson, Rui Marquez, Sex Machine, Richard Naylor, Carl Dickinson. Richard Naylor recently arrived on loan from Ipswich at this point. Young Fab Delph, uh, Johnny Douglas, Andy Hughes, Bradley Johnson, Luciano Becchio and Lee Trundle. Mm. Mm. I remember being so excited when we signed Lee Trundle. He was like the football league Ronaldinho, wasn't he? I remember actually recently, it might have been when Graham Smith first started reporting on Leeds and he there was a tweet of like Lee Trundle's highlights and he retweeted it being like, oh, this guy played for Leeds in League One. He must have been ace. And I think he got a lot of angry replies being like, <laughs> no, don't talk about Lee Trundle. Um, on the bench, we had David Lucas, uh, Lubomir Mikulik, Johnny House and Andy Robinson and Malcolm Christie. Mm. Strange old days. There's a few. There are a few names you'd recognise in the the Brighton side as well, probably. John Sullivan, the goalkeeper. Never heard of him. No. But there's, Isn't um, he the guy who wrote Only Fools and Horses. That's the one. Yeah, <laughs> that's the one. Um, Adam Virgo. He he kicked around for quite a few years afterwards, didn't he? And so did uh, John's brother, Tony, Tommy um, Tommy Elphick as well. He was at Huddersfield last season, I want to say, or some season. But yeah, he, he was around for ages. And then on the bench, they have um, Glenn Murray. Kevin McLeod, is that the guy who does uh, Grand, Grand Designs? Designs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was quite a, quite a mixture of team they had at this point. Yeah, quite a lot of people in TV, which mm. comes as a, as a bit of a surprise. Tell me about this uh, this Leeds team then, this uh, Carl Dickinson's debut. I mean, Carl Dickinson, does, was he the one who looked like a psychopath? He was, I'm pretty certain he was a psychopath, right. yeah. Was, um, <laughs> in your opinion. <laughs> he was a very intense man, is what, is what I'll say. <laughs> but yeah, we um, we had previously had Alan Sheehan as our, as our left-back, so he's in. Alan Sheen, Alan Sheen always had the sort of vibes of somebody who was in a, a mid two thousands like indie band. Mm. Where was he recently, Alan Sheen? Notts County, was it? Oh, I don't know. Actually, he was assistant manager somewhere. Was it Luton? Oh, I don't know. I can't remember. His, his name's cropped up um, recently, anyway. But yeah, so Cal Dickinson solidifying things at the back. Richard Nail is already in. He's doing a good job, better than um, Paul Telfer, Strokeman, Asumani, who were our <laughs> previous attempts at, at some defensive solidity. You're right. He was working with um, Jones at Luton. Now there you go, there you go, and probably, presumably Southampton as well. Then that's where that's yeah. where that's where I'll have seen his name. Absolutely correct. Cal Dickinson still playing, by the way. At, um, it's because no one can tell him to stop. Stratford Town, if anyone's interested. Good lad. He was uh, like the OG Erasmus, wasn't he? <laughs> he, he was a little bit. He did. He had an alright career. I'm just looking at his. Um, oh, they play for Port Vale, so Moscow will hate him. So we'll just not mention his uh, Port Vale and Stoke. In fact, on the one CV, the hate that's. He's a traitor then. Yeah. You get him told. <laughs> Rob said no. that. Carl, I think you're a you're a good servant to Leeds United in the seven games you played. But yeah, Lee Trundle, it was his first start. Right. Yeah, I had, I, had, I had hopes for Trundle as well because he was a name, wasn't he? Mm, he, he, was a, he was a known quantity. He was a soccer AM 
player, wasn't he? Because he used to do stuff for Swansea. Yeah, he was good at, at Swansea. Level. And then he, he, this is the unsuccessful spell at Bristol that he had that meant we got him. Didn't particularly work out well for him, but at this point, it still might. He'd come on. He'd come off the bench in the previous game against Carlisle, and um, yeah, some exciting, an exciting flair player to have in League One. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Speaking of flat players, there is one real standout moment from this game, the one that everyone talks about, the one that everyone remembers, the penalty that we were awarded after 10 minutes. Absolutely no memory of this happening. <laughs> I was watching the highlights and it, it, I was taken aback by the fact we got a penalty and missed it in this game. I don't know why, I've just completely, completely ignored the fact that, that this happened. But um, yeah, it's it's an awful penalty taken by Becchio. I know he'd later Penenko on against Barnsley, but this is straight down the middle with no power. And uh, Sullivan... Fresh from his, his writing, <laughs> only falls and his legs to it. Yeah, this time next year, although he does get a, a good assist for the first goal, does Luciano, which is uh, which is a good thing. It's quite a nice goal actually, the first one, and it's a sign of things to come with Trundle. Oh, it's quite a clever bit of movement from him. Trunds, nice partnership going this, between them. This is what we're expecting, wasn't it? It's a lovely turn and finish. Sends the kit, sends the defender the wrong way, doesn't he? It's mm. all good. It's going to be great for us now. Yeah, it runs to sort of near the away fans kind of it looks like he's going to go over to the away fans then he's sort of just ah, miles away so I remember when, when Chelsea used, used to have the, the big the, void, car, the car park the void in the car park yeah it's like, and was it when we looked back on the match ball 30 which you can find by the way in your feed I can't remember who it was it was, it was Carl Schutt wasn't it? wasn't it he scored at Chelsea and set off running it took him about five minutes <laughs> to get to the away fans who were some way off in the distance but I mean that's uh, the Lee Trundle goal it's basically all we can remember him for at Leeds and missing a penalty and then being shouted at. That was his Leeds career. <laughs> being shouted at. <laughs> being shouted at at Hereford. Not the first nor the last player to get shouted at by the Leeds fans. No. But the thing that everyone remembers from the game was was to come. Fabian Delph. Young Fab Delph. Talk me through it. Rob, I mean, this is, is, is this not your golden era of supporting Leeds when you first start to remember it and these icons stuck in your brain? I mean, I do have a lot of love for this team. There's loads of players in there that we're all just genuinely fond of. I mean, Delft, there was always the thing of, ah, oh, he's just too good, isn't he? Like, as soon as he got in the team, it's like, right, well, he's going to leave soon. It was a bit like that with Lewis Cook and players like that. But yeah, beautiful goal. 
albeit maybe someone should try tackling him. Yeah, it's a weird goal because normally if you run the length of the pitch, you'd think someone might try and stop you at some point. But he's just, I think he's really quick and no one can really catch up with him. And then by the time he gets to the edge of the box, he's like, well, come I suppose just put yeah. it in the top corner then, shall I? There is um, the defender that's closest to him or the Brighton player that's closest to him when he first gets the ball in the Leeds half is a bit of a clogger. <laughs> and just seeing him trying to catch up with Fab Delph is really painful, bless him. Yeah, if people only saw Fab Delph in his, even Man City days, he'd lost a bit of pace, but, or maybe it was just the pace of League One made him look really mm. quick. And the fact that he'd not had horrific knee injuries by this point, yeah. maybe. But like, he, was, he was really quick as a young player and he was much more attack-minded than he would later become. Like, particularly, well, like Man City ended up playing left-back, didn't he? And then he was kind of a holding midfielder, if anything, but he was... He was doing this sort of stuff all the time in League One and he was so good. He was he was one of those that you knew, didn't you, when you saw him? Oh, I mean, without any, you know, wishing to be massively offensive to anyone else in this team, like people like Jonathan Douglas and Andy Hughes, like workman-like midfielders, but you'd see, they'd see someone like Delph just get the ball and set off with it and you just think, God, he's so much better than everyone else on this, <laughs> on this pitch. Just, you know, the only other one you can hold a candle to him is Carl Dickinson, obviously. Carl, Dick, Dicko. Oh, Dicko, big guy. Yeah. Big, big dicko. Big dicko. That, that's what everyone, everyone, <laughs> everyone called him. And if, if Moscow is here, obviously, Becchio would be the other yeah. the other kind of world-class future international. He was robbed, of, of course, of his Argentina caps, wasn't he? Yeah. But yeah, Fab Delph was just magnificent in this in this period. It was his... It was kind of the thing that Gary McAllister was credited for was making Fab Delph good. But I think maybe Fab Delph was just good anyway. <laughs> I, think he, I think he might have been good under anyone. He was probably, in truth, the one player who was roughly at Gary McAllister's level in this squad because the criticism was that when he was in charge they couldn't do any of the stuff that he was asking them to do because they weren't as good as Gary McAllister whereas Fab Delph was and I was roundly mocked at work for always going in and saying how good he was and people were people were going oh you're fancy you're so in love with it but I go yeah I am actually so what I've, I've, I'm going to watch some absolute fucking shit <laughs> up to this point so yes it's nice to watch a good footballer I'm glad you all pretend to support Premier League teams he made a lot of appearances didn't he this, this season like somewhere in the region of 50 oh he ran him into the ground <laughs> probably contributed to his um, to his injuries in the, that would come for him later in his career but yeah we um we did absolutely flog him. Loads of yellow cards too, which was nice. Oh, it was good. 13 this season, was it? And, yeah. and six goals. You wouldn't associate Dalf with that, would you? No, well, that's, that's the thing. He was a he was an attacking player in this team. He, he did was... a lot of just getting the ball and shooting from long range and it got in the bottom corner. Mm. Think, oh, yeah, like you say, he's just better than everyone else. Just do that all the time, mate. I mean, the celebration is great with um, Becchio bending down on one knee and doing the, uh, the boot cleaning celebration. What I really like about it is that Becchio kneels down and without any sort of communication, Delph just puts his boot on his knee. Like, yeah, I know what you're doing. Quite right as well. We all, we all know what's happening. Here. Yeah, yeah. Let's get it done. Uh, and Grayson had some nice things to say about him as well. He said, well, this was already um, a sign of where things were going. If he scores goals like that, his value is going to go up. It simply won't go down. And Is that Bates whispering in his ear? Pretty much. You, you'll get to spend that money, Simon, if we sell him. Simon's war chest. If you sell him. It'll go into your war chest. Yeah, yeah. The war chest. The Fabian Delph cladding, as it as it later became but we did actually we're still in January at this point so we could have sold him in this January but we didn't so that was something cheers Ken for that (laughs) (laughs) Uh, of course Brighton didn't go anywhere from here did they so uh, that's the end of the show (laughs) yeah Tony Bloom took over later that year I I never quite knew this until looking into this that Bloom took over when they were in such dire straits Mm, I mean they, they were sort of stable at this point but they needed they'd been taken over by people who were just trying to get it out of the hands of the bad men. Yeah. And then Tony Bloom came in and the plans for the stadium 
came in, I got promoted to Premier League, I'm scouting people, buying and, good players. And it, this stuck in the craw as well, that they got promoted from League One under Gus Poyet. Now, we'd gone up by that point, but mm-hmm. people had always been saying when Wise was here, Poyet's the brains of this operation. It's like, see? That's because everyone hated Wise. Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll do, I need to not give him credit for anything. <laughs> Absolutely. He yeah. got us down, and then Gus Poyet got us sort of... I mean, even though Poyet was a Chelsea bastard as well, he was the. He was like the least worst of the Chelsea bastards, wasn't he? He was an entertaining Chelsea bastard, wasn't he? Yeah. Dennis Wise was just a spiteful Chelsea bastard. Yeah, he never like assaulted taxi drivers or punched anyone when they were asleep or any of that sort of stuff that, that Dennis Wise did. <laughs> just stick to the convictions, Michael. He did those things. He did those things. <laughs> um, it's funny actually looking back at the the stadium stuff at Brighton. I did find because um, there was some controversy around it being in because it's quite rural. It's on the edge of. It's not really in, in Brighton again. It's kind of out on the. Is it in Hove? It's not. It's in Farmer, mm. which is well. You can see from you can see from the picture. There's there's some fields and trees by the edge of it. But it's funny to see the original drawings of it versus how it actually looked. Because the original drawing, it's sort of, and the description of it is it, it like blended into the landscape beautifully. Well, let's, let's let's read the flowery language. It's, this is can Dick, I can I do it? Go on. This, this is Dick Knight. It has been designed to blend into the natural environment. It is moulded into the hills, sculpted into the landscape, as smoothly curved as a Henry Moore. In fact, the only square lines of the pitch. I want to call it the beautiful stadium. It's not. I mean, it's not. It's, it's just a stadium, isn't it? Now, but I'm just looking at a photo of it here. I can't, where is it? I can't see it. <laughs> it's the, I'll, I'll, I'll come around and find out. It's really out of spot, isn't it? Blended into the landscape, taking the name of Henry Moore, uh, Castleford's finest, in vain there. But yeah, the computer-generated image makes it look like it's got a transparent roof and green stuff, and it almost it does almost fold in to the. At the edges, like there's hardly any height on the outer stands. Yeah, but what they've actually done is just chuck a lot of standard roof cladding on, haven't they? In the end, yeah, it just probably cheaper. Like, just looks like a stadium in the end. Yeah. A fine stadium, like perfectly, perfectly adequate. Nothing wrong with it. A bit of green would have gone. It'd have done it a bit better, wouldn't it? Like actually blending in rather than just. I quite a like those stadium. those natural roofs you can get now with wildflowers on. Look quite cool. Stick mm. stick it on when we when we do our football stadium in Beeston. Put some wildflowers on the roof when that gets redeveloped. It'll fit back into the, the natural landscape of Beeston Hill then, <laughs> won't it? Make it blend into the M621 <laughs> effortlessly. Put cars on it. <laughs> Could do. <laughs> oh, so, so anyway, that was bright and they were, no, fine. Well done. Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you proud of yourselves? Well, well done you. But um, <laughs> the rest of that season for us sort of got better. It's weird under Grayson because it was going fairly well and people thought Richard Naylor came in Dicko came in. It felt like we were sorting stuff out. And then within a week, we'd lost to Huddersfield and Hereford and everyone hated everything again, <laughs> which was a bit, of a, a bit of a weird twist. But then from that point, we'd had a really good run to the end of the season, lost one in 15, and then met Millwall in the playoffs. Although that goal, Ellen Road shook. The Becchio. Becchio yeah, that's, that's, that can be its own I was going to say, that's, own a, episode. That's, that's a TSB guide all of its own, isn't it? So uh, we did get promoted the season after at least anyway. We did, we did. And um, young Fab Delft did all right for himself? Yeah, he won everything, didn't he? That year he won the Football League Young Player of the Year, which was all the all the football leagues, not just not just the League One bit of it. He won Goal of the Season, he won Young Player of the Year and Players Player of the Year at Leeds United as well. And then he left. Oh, <gasps> went to Aston Villa. Yeah. He, Everyone wanted him, didn't they, at that point? Fabian Delft is not for sale, but mm. he, he definitely he was. He absolutely was. He definitely he? was. We did get him back for a little bit. On loan, and uh, we'd sent him when Aston Villa had broken him. I think we broke him again, didn't we? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> possibly. Yeah, that reminds me of the time that I um I loaned my my strimmer to 
to the people who were next door but one and it came back broken. Mm. Mm. Never did offer to repair it, you know. <laughs> Just gave me it back. Sad business. Yeah. Did it? the streamer go on to get England camps? It didn't. It went no. to the tip. Fair enough. But yeah, he did, um, he did pretty well for himself. Won some stuff at Man City. Well done, Fabio. <laughs> yeah, none of that stuff. It was count. nice to have you for a season. <laughs> and in, in, in the England squad as well at the same time when he was at, uh, yeah. at Man City. Did all right for himself, didn't he? I was genuinely pleased to see him play for England because I... Those years I did that year I described at work of people mocking me for constantly talking about Fab Delph. Yeah. I was spending a lot of time going, he'll play for England. He's so good, <laughs> honestly. He'll be in the England team soon. And when he did, did you charge around the office going, I told you, I told you, even though it's not ours anymore. The truth knows no one cared by that point. <laughs> but I know I was right. <laughs> I think I've I think I also probably said similar things about like AD White and Sam Byron, but you know. Jack Clark. Jack Clark, yeah. Okay, yeah, I've got a bad record on these things. But I was right about Fab Delph. And that's all that matters. And that goal he scored at Brighton will be a thing we can always look at. And there you go, the square ball guide to Brighton nil leads to January 2009. Done and dusted for you. Thanks for joining us. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.